Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish, a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, get Vish with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello, and welcome back to Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today, my special guest is half of the dynamic duo that makes up Heritage Your Day Off podcast. I have Tony Stewart here with me, and we're turning the mic on him and making him be the guest and squirming in his seat when he has questions fired at him. So I'm very excited to have you here, Tony. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am, I, I am a little nervous because it is a, yeah, a flip of the script. Now, the difference between my podcast and your podcast is you sent me things ahead of time. You were so organized. You had me send your bio and my, my bio, my headshot information about me. And I just said, Tone, we're getting on and we're having a conversation. So it's a little different, which can be a little intimidating because you don't know what questions are coming your way. But I, I like a good little chat and <clears throat> natural banter. So that's how we're going to play it today. If you don't mind, I'd love to oh, do it that way. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's going to be a little nerve wracking, but yeah, I'm up for it. Let's do it. That's okay. So when and how did the whole concept start? Was it a conversation over lunch, over a beer? What was the the very beginning stage of that initial conversation that every company has, every partnership has of the, hey, let's do this? So um, it's something that Corey always wanted to do, kind of a podcast, but not necessarily the way we're doing it. And, uh, you know, he was at some event and it something triggered in him and says, oh, you know, I, I can be like the Jimmy Fallon or whatever in the podcast world. And because he had a, a friend or we had a mutual friend that was uh, who was an influencer that would, you know, they had, eventually Corey became the, the guy taking the pictures uh, of his friend. Right. With other people. So he came to me with the idea and I and I wasn't necessarily sold on it because I've been um, an educator pretty much my whole life. You know, I worked with a company for 20 years and I created the cutting program for him. And so uh, that side of me came, came out. And when he came to me with that, I, and he, when he asked me, let's do a podcast, I, you know, I was like, it has to be more than just that. It, we have to give something. It has to be something that where we're giving back to the industry. And so then that sparked something in him. And then we talked about it for the next couple of months. And then next thing you know, your day off was born. And you got traction immediately. You know, I, I can't even remember the first time and how I stumbled upon the podcast, but I remember being in my car and I remember thinking you have, you both have such distinct voices that you can tell who's who by the voice, but I didn't have a visual. I didn't he know what either one of you looked. 
Yeah, he has a much better radio voice than I do. <laughs> Something but it's about just his- funny because the personalities work so well together. It's kind of like um, Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. You know what I mean? Right. Like you have that little <laughs> chuckle when he says something bizarre. There's the little Tony chuckle in the background and it just works. You know, he tends to take over on doing more of the talking. You're kind of the the support guy that's like always right there to pick up when he leaves off and relationships are hard like that there's always somebody that's more of a chatty Kathy than the other so I think the hardest thing in a podcast and the reason that I like to record these when I can see you is not interrupting because when you're just hearing somebody talk it's hard to know when they're ending their thought and you don't want to have those awkward pauses, but you also don't want to constantly interrupt each other. So you guys manage to do that well, where you're not constantly, you kind of have an ebb and flow that just works. And I don't know if that comes naturally or if that's something that you've We've been best with. friends since high school, right? So he's always been the, the chatty one and like, you know, look at me type, you know what I mean, character. And I've always been the one that's kind of like, you know, kick back i'm gonna watch the room kind of observe and not necessarily you know what i mean i don't need to constantly speak my mind but uh it just you know it's, it just it yeah you're right it works it you know i i know him he knows me and we have these little signals i can look at him he knows exactly what i kind of i'm thinking and vice versa and so it just you know to be able to do this with my best friend it's it's, it's pretty phenomenal as well Now that leads me to my next question because I have not successfully worked well with others. I don't play well in the sandbox with others. I have a control freak inside of me that I really dislike, but she's the one that gets shit done, you know, and, and it's like, (laughs) oh my God, you're moving too slow for me kind of thing. So were you ever afraid starting out that it could be an issue because you're so close that you didn't want to interfere with that? personal relationship to have something together uh, I, you know, I, for me uh it, you know, i knew that it's always something that he wanted to do and it, you know and i know how it's going to benefit the industry so i don't necessarily need to be the guy the the the, the front runner you know what i mean i don't necessarily need to be uh the one with the spotlight right so if he if that's what he my buddy wanted or not to saying that it's what he wanted, but it's, it's his, it was his passion, right? As long as we're making an impact, you know, and, and doing things that's going to help the industry, I'm a hundred percent on board. Right. And so I'm the guy behind the scenes. I'm doing all the research. I'm the guy that I'm learning as much about you uh, as possible. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get it up. And Corey's just, he's such a, he is a wonderful human being and he does, he, he loves that energy of, of the conversation and, you know, and, and, and so it just works. I, if I think it w- we would run into that issue if I wanted to be the one in the spotlight as well. Right. So, you know, but it's, that's not my thing and he can have it and I'm, I'm totally comfortable with it. That's amazing. Well, that leads me to my next question. What would be something about him that would surprise people that, don't know him well, that just know his hairdistry persona and what they hear on the podcast, what would be something that, you know, you could tell us that people would say, what, seriously? Oh my goodness. There's so many, um, you know, he loves being a grandfather. He was in the Navy. 
Uh, oh, which, that surprises me. The Navy. Yeah. Yeah. He t- totally. Uh, I have a story about that, by the way. Uh, you know, we were supposed to go in together and uh, <clears throat> we went and we did the ASVAB and, you know, they were supposed to leave the next day. And so that morning we were get all getting sworn in. Right. And for some reason they kept forgetting to swear me in. So Corey got sworn in, he left and we were supposed to meet the next day to, to leave. And they kept forgetting, kept forgetting. And next thing you know, cause I you only had 24 hours to say goodbye to everybody before you took, we went off to boot camp. And you know, here it is now it's all of a sudden six or seven o'clock in the evening. And I've, I've supposed to have been sworn in seven o'clock that morning. So I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? So, you know, as a young kid, just, you know, I get frustrated and I'm like, well, screw it. I'm going to leave. And so I left. And so the next morning I, I show up not to go, but to say goodbye to Korg. Korg gets on the bus. He's looking out the window. Like, aren't you getting on? I'm like, sorry, bro. Oh <laughs> like, my God. Holy peace, bro. Sorry. It, you know, I, I, I guess I threw a little, you know, 18 year old temper tantrum, but, uh, and so yeah, I, 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 I now looking like, back, do you feel like that was meant to be that your life would be so different had you gone or do you feel like you missed yeah. it or like, what did you feel like after he drove away? Was it like, holy shit, what just happened? Uh, that's a big yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, six weeks later I went to San Diego and visited him and while he, you know, was in class, but yeah, I mean, I had no idea what I wanted to do at 18. I, you know, I was going to go into the Navy as an aircraft mechanic. That's so how I was going to uh, go on a ship. And if I would have done that, I wouldn't have done hair, you know, because it's, it's still working with my hands and creativity. Um, thank God I didn't do it because I think I probably would have been a lifer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think I would have made it to the hair industry, but I, which has been so great to me and uh, something that I totally fell in love with. So, but yeah, at the time I was kind of a little pissed off at the, at, at the Navy because of, I felt that they somehow didn't do me right. And, you know, as an 18 year old punk, but yeah, it's, serendipity that's what's so crazy when the universe steps in like that it is i mean you probably wouldn't be married to the same person you wouldn't have the same children it's one of my favorite movies is called sliding doors it's really old have you seen it gwyneth paltrow is in you have to if you even can run it i mean it's a relic it's probably from like late 70s or 80s or something but she is in a relationship. I don't want to give away the whole plot because you really have to watch the movie, but she's in this relationship and she thinks it's all great and she goes to work and something happens and she leaves early and it shows her almost like in slow motion running down the steps to get on the um, subway and the doors close and she doesn't make it on. And it shows her entire trajectory because she didn't get on and then it goes and shows what happens if she got on. And her life is completely different. In that one moment, everything changed for the rest of her life. And it, it can really screw up your head when you think about every decision you make can be that big of a domino effect. Great movie. You definitely have to check that out. That is so true. Because if I would have got sworn at 7 a.m. Unreal. We wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And there's also a Broadway show called If Then. Same concept. You know, it's the things that you're so pissed off and disappointed about in your career. I know I have a million of them that I could rattle off right now where things just didn't go my way. Oh, and yeah. I'm such a Taurus the bull. I just kept 
poking it and poking it and poking it. I'm like, God damn it, I'm going to make this work. And then it finally didn't work. And I was like, why is this not working? I am doing everything I can. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my God, thank God that didn't work. So why hair? How did you go from Navy to hair? That's a big jump. Uh, so Corey's, Corey's dad's a, a hairdresser. Um, and, you know, uh, on my dad's side, my, I, didn't, I didn't know him, but, he, but my grandfather was a barber. Uh, so I, I think it was just in our blood, but, uh, when Corey got out of the Navy, uh, it's, it was, a uh, we had a, a really good mutual friend that was a hairdresser and, you know, being young, I guess, men, you know, he was always around these beautiful women and had all this, <laughs> all this money. And he, you know what I mean? Just, it was just. Flashy. Like Hairdressers were very flashy back then. Yeah. yeah in the 80s, right? So he, was, he just looked like a movie star. It's like, oh, man, that's kind of cool, right? And so we checked out this school, uh, Graham Webb, because we had a third friend of ours, uh, T. Uh, the three of us, you know, we used to start talking. We should go check out the school. And it's a British school, Graham Webb. Yeah. Uh, and we, they had one in Arlington, Virginia. And so we went to check it out. And just like when you walk in and when you, you just know you're among your peeps. Right. So we walked in it just, it just felt right. Something about it all. And all of a sudden, you know, thinking of the flashiness, the girls and all that, to kind of go out. It just, you just felt like you were home or it felt comfortable. And so we were just like, you know what, I think this is it. And then uh, the rest is history. Really. We, we went there, got, it was kind of crazy because in school, so we got an apartment not far from the school. And so we weren't necessarily the best students. So <laughs> the three of us together, we would, uh, the, we would have fun with the instructors. And uh, midway in the summer, like, we would take a lunch break. So our co- apartment complex had a pool. So we would start throwing pool parties. And so the <laughs> schools, the instructors, everybody would come. They would get a little tipsy. And so they had these little stamps, right? So, uh, forgive me. <laughs> so they had, I feel bad, but they had these little stamps. And so when the, uh, everybody's in the pool, everybody's feeling a little happy. And so there was a, a key ring from one of the instructors that had the stamps. So while Corey and T, they were entertaining everybody, I would take the little stamp and I'd go through our books I'd start stamping like because I never did a, a finger wave or ever did right. a curl. <laughs> like, check, so check, I was, check, yeah, check, 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 check. That's how that's how we passed school. Because <laughs> if not, we we wouldn't have made it out. You know. Well, let's talk about did it really make an, an impact? Like I'm so frustrated constantly in that beauty school is still the same today as it was when you and I went. I went in 1980. I graduated in 1986. It was like a 10 month program. And talk about finger waves. We had a student teacher who took her role way too seriously. She basically had been in the program, graduated, the school talked her into staying for her teacher's license, and our teacher called out sick. And of course, we had no respect for her whatsoever. She was just a student with us. So we're heckling her while she's teaching and being assholes, you know, the whole time. And she's all flustered and she wanted to show her power. So our punishment was we had to do a finger wave in the front and then do the whole entire mannequin head in stand up pin curls. That was our thing for the night. And I was like, 
I'm getting punished in beauty school. How old are we? Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? And when I look back at the time that we spent on such unnecessary things, and then I was ready to graduate, and I didn't know how to formulate. I had no idea how to color hair. There was no time spent on it whatsoever. So I now assume that things have gotten better in 35, 34 years, and they have not. And it's a crime. Like, I understand that their only job is to help us pass state board, but state board, bring your standards up and make it current. You know, there's so many things we're doing in the salon that weren't even thought of when the textbook was printed. And they're still using the same textbook and the same structure and the same everything. Yeah, it's funny because as we talk to uh, other people from other countries and different, and they talk about um, the way they learn, it's, in the way we learn, it's completely different. You know, we go to school, we get our 1500 hours or 2000 hours and you know, boom, you're, you're, you're free to learn, you know, you can do what you want, which most, I have a feeling most people who graduate have no idea what they're doing. Right. That same amount of time, you know, it might be a little bit more, but they go through this apprentice type program and they're ready for the floor. They know what they're doing. Right. It's like, it just seems like it's just a regulation that um, I don't know. It's it just, I think we're doing it a little backwards. We don't even learn, you know, unless it depends on what kind of school you go to, but the school I went to, we didn't learn ethnic hair. You know what I mean? We didn't exactly. learn, yeah. you know, all these different things. And, and, and we're such a diverse country. We should, you know, we should be learning the, the, the most important things, which, you know, obviously cutting, texture, uh, formulation, color, stuff like that. And I know styling and blow drying and all that has, has a part, but that shouldn't be as, as important as these other things. I think, and, you know, once we get this down, then we learn this, you know what I mean? But the way we, I think the way our, you're right, the way we learn things in our system is just, it just creates a longer learning process it just so and a, a very high dropout rate because yeah. the system is set up to your point about europe and other countries they're working in a salon and making a decent wage while they're learning it's yeah. set up that it's on the job training as it should be when you were going into the navy and you were going to be a mechanic do you think they were going to put you in a classroom for you know two thousand hours to learn how to do it? no they're going to put you yeah. next to a master mechanic and hand him a wrench and watch him do it and have him say, here, you try it. Like that's so much better of a way. I have a friend, I don't know if you've gotten to interview her, but her name's Peggy and she has a beauty school in Colorado that she created her own hybrid version of what they do in Europe. They go to class, I believe it's two days a week and then three days a week, they work in a salon alongside a mentor and they're paid for their time. Because what happens is, not only is the system, you know, not effective, but these kids are coming out with a $20,000 beauty school loan. And then they're going into a salon that wants to pay them $8 an hour. You can't live in an apartment or live on your own on that, even if you didn't have that 20 grand in debt. So then they're getting these other jobs because it's kind of like the starving artist syndrome. You know, they can't pursue it because they don't, they might not have the family support. I was blessed to have a family. My mom would have wanted me to stay home until I was 40 if I didn't get married. She loved having us live with her, you know, so there was no push to get out of the house. I was able to live simply because I didn't have any bills. Um, so I was able to be successful as a result of it, but it comes back to that 
not everybody has that privilege. And a lot of people who go to the trades are people that don't have families that can afford to send them to college and, and have these other avenues. And it's just that everything's just so broken. Everything is so backwards, like you said, and just needs to be yeah, changed the, and updated. The, the company that I left to, to start my suite, um, uh, I was with them forever. Right. So, you know, I, I didn't realize you were an educator. I liked hearing that. Yeah. Uh, I designed a cutting program for them and, um, and of course, it obviously it evolved since then. But uh, now they have a, a, a kind of a school, which is great. I mean, it's a large company now, but they they have a lot of apprenticeships, um, apprentices, and they have a couple in each salon. And so they go assist half the week, and then the other half of the week during the studio in the uh, school. I'm like, man, it's such a brilliant idea, and. Uh, they, they produce great hairdressers and so I'm like if if the system can learn you know because you have a lot of like I don't know if it's federal or state funding for a lot of these schools why not kind of create take that that income or that the, the, those funds and grants and and partner up with other salons and schools to create this you know type of education where you're going to create phenomenal hairdressers instead of just like and i'm not bashing i bashing the schools or anything like that but to take a school you get the, the grant the kid drop out the kid has this huge loan now that they have to pay back and 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 you know the school collected some type of because a lot of them are credited you know they get some type of funding and just like this this cycle that just I don't know. It seems like a tug of war. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but you know, some people, some of us get to escape it and, 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 you know, become, you know, uh, in love and, and, and endure the, the longevity of a great career in, in the industry, but not everybody gets to do that. Yeah, it but, definitely, hopefully will change. Um, well, you've, you've been in touch with a lot of heavy hitters in the industry, so maybe get, get a bunch of us together and let's rally and make some change. Um, I'm one person. I would love to be able to have more of an influence over education, and I've often toyed with the idea of creating my own school and just doing it the way that I think that it should be done. And to your point about the bureaucratic things with the government and everything, that is what shied me away from it. I'm like, I am not a yes girl and i'm not good at structure and forms and filling out paperwork and all of those things for the accreditation um i think they make it too difficult i actually my online course i applied to be able to give ceu hours you would think that i applied for a kidney transplant like i could not believe <laughs> i still haven't finished it i'm like this is way too hard this this online program of mine has 175 lessons in it. It's more than adequate wow. to give people CEU hours. And the answer was, I have to apply for every single lesson separately within the thing and send in these. Wow. And I'm like, who has that kind of time? Mm. You know, it's just, they make it so unnecessarily hard. I don't, I don't understand it, but luckily you and I have both persevered so you you finished school you get out you stole your little stamp and you got through finger waves and then you started working um in a salon or wherever you you got your first start but 
who would you say is the one person that made the most, other than, than your buddy, Corey, that made the most impact on your career as far as showing you the way to, to stick to it and not be one of those statistics dropping out? Um, we've been trying to get this guy on the podcast, and uh, I think we will eventually. He, uh, Reg Laws, and, you know, he, uh, he's the owner of the 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 salons that we came from and he and when we left it, it probably probably left a little bit of a bitter taste in his mouth so he's still mm-hmm. um probably uh reluctant or resistant to get on our podcast but we'll get him on there eventually but he's uh he's had the biggest impact in my life um because w- when i first got out of school and i i thought i was one of those hairdressers oh i could do this and then all of a sudden i had two women in my chair at the same time crying I'm like oh my god I have no idea what I'm doing so I needed to go apprentice <laughs> so I went I found that him Reg and you know he's 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 from England he's he was friends with uh, you know Trevor Sorby and everybody and so uh, he's friends with the Mescalos so anyways so I apprenticed for him and at his salon for about two years and then you know he was he sent me to to england to with tony and guy or sassoons or whatever so he's by far uh had the biggest impact on my career and you know he's the reason why i got into education he's the reason and and he gave me the free reign to be creative when i when i was creating the uh um cutting programs for his company and stuff like that. So, you know, without a doubt, he's, he's been the biggest influence and I have the most respect, even though he's mad at me, I love him. So, and I, and I understand it. So there's, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we can get through uh, being in the industry without when you branch out on your own without hurting some feelings, you know, it's, it's a common thing. It's not something that nobody else has had experience with. And, and with me, all of my relationships like that have finally been healed. It did take a long time um, on both parties sides, but it is a nice feeling to hopefully you guys will get to that point where you can do a podcast together and have a beer together and, and move on because God knows how many years it's been. It's, it's, probably be hurting him more holding on to it at this point. Um, So hopefully, and that, that was my next question who you've had so many amazing people. So other than Reg, who is still on your bucket list of people that you would love to interview that you haven't been able to get in touch with or or rally to do it? Um, Like Anthony Mascala, you know, who's been uh, uh, a huge influence in, our learning curve as a new, as a new hairdresser, you know, obviously Tony and guy and all those guys, TG and they were, you know, in the nineties were uh, like this huge phenom, right? It, uh, it, their system is fantastic, but Anthony Mascalo. So we got Trevor Sorby. And so it, all the, I would say Anthony Mascalo is, we're talking to him now, so I think we're going to get that, but uh, who knows, you know, but I, I, I would say Anthony. Awesome. Yeah, it's, there's so many 
people are in our industry that made such a mark on it. Um, I'm, my one of my regrets is never having met Vidas Sassoon. All the hair shows that oh, I went yeah. to, all the years of being so passionate about the industry, I was never able to meet him. So that's a regret. So that brings me to my last question. Who would you interview if you could pick someone who was an industry person that everybody knows but is no longer with us? Who would you choose to sit on a bench and have a conversation with? Oh, it's got to be the great Sassoons, right? I mean, he uh, he he made, I, I truly believe he made hairdressing relevant, right? He made it, uh, especially the creativity part. I mean, he's a genius when he came. It, it, it's funny because we interviewed a lot of people that that were friends with him that, you know, like they grew up with him, like the Trevor Sorbys and the Vivian McKinders, all these people and, and just their stories of him. Right. I, we even have a good friend, um, you know, that was at a, I think they were at a soccer game or they, they were somewhere and they said, you know, they, he goes, Oh my God, I can't believe this is Sassoon's. And he started having a conversation. And it was everything but hair, you know? Uh, and it, he was just saying how, amazing of an individual this guy was so it without a doubt it'd be Sassoon's 100 percent yeah you know Mr. Vidal himself <laughs> well I loved getting to know the real you this is exciting to hear the Navy story is awesome um I also have an interview lined up with your buddy so we're gonna we're gonna talk to him I thought it was fun to have you guys separate um, because you guys have such different personalities and I wanted people to get to know both of you on a more personal note on the other side of the mic. So this was fun. Um, thank you. It, it really was fun. It was a uh, painless, more painless than I thought. So yeah. you know, have a <laughs> flip, but I, we appreciate you and you know, we, we're huge fans of yours and you keep doing what you're doing because uh, you're doing the right thing and we appreciate you. Thank you. My my interview with you was one of the highlights of my career. I felt so cool in the salon-centric VIP room at the Philly right. show. That was amazing. <laughs> my headset on. Right. I got to talk to my daughter. It was awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. And we are not going to see the last of you. I know you probably have so many irons in the fire and things coming up. So keep us posted on what's good and just keep doing what you do. I love the podcast and love you guys. So thank you. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.